There is a beautiful story, story of Akbar, the Mughal emperor who built one of the greatest city of those days, Fatehpur Sikri. The great Mughal emperor Akbar was a very devotional man. He was greatly devoted to the Sufi saint Salim Chisti. And it was his deep devotion towards Chisti that motivated him to build a brand new city near Agra and the city was named Fatehpur Sikri. The city was built in the honor of Sufi saint Salim Chisti in the 15th century. For 40 years continuously, the city was being built. It is surrounded by a beautiful lake, but it was never inhabited. This is the only city in the whole world which has such beautiful palaces, but nobody ever lived. Because Akbar died before he could complete the project. The project was too big to make a whole capital absolutely fresh and new out of a special stone and all the houses, all the roads in a certain pattern with a certain meaning. Thousands of artists from all over the world were called to work. Stone cutters, masons, architects. It was a mega dream project of the greatest Mughal emperor. Akbar, born out of his immense devotion towards the Divine Master, Sufi Saint Salim Chisti. Akbar was ruling the greatest empire in the whole world in those days. Under Akbar, India was the greatest land. There was immense gold, money and all kinds of treasures available. But Akbar spent everything. He wanted the new capital city, Fatehpur Sikri, to be complete before his death. But seeing that it seemed to be impossible, that the capital would take at least 40 years more to be absolutely complete, he thought, at least while I am alive, half of the capital, particularly the offices of the government and the special people, should move. And so, for a limited time, the capital of India was shifted from Agra to Fatehpur Sikri. When Akbar died, the capital of India was again moved back to Old Delhi, that is Agra. The story is not just about this magnanimous city, Fatehpur Sikri. The story is about the beautiful sentence that was engraved on the main gate of the new city which stands on a bridge. And this main gate of the new city, Fatehpur Sikri, is the largest gate of the world. It is also called Buland Darwaza, Gate of Victory. Akbar asked his wise people to find a beautiful sentence to be engraved on the main gate of the bridge. To welcome any visitor to the city, the sentence should have some meaning, greater depth. It should be such that the visitor becomes aware 
of what life truly is so the wise men of mughal emperor akbar searched and searched in all the scriptures in all the literature of the world and they found a sentence which was absolutely suitable only in the sayings of jesus as if it was being said specially to be engraved on the gate of the capital of fatehpur sikri and the wonderful insightful sentence that you will see even today on the largest gate of the world buland darwaza is isa jesus son of mary said the world is a bridge pass over it but build no houses upon it he who hopes for a day may hope for eternity but the world endures but an hour spend it in prayer for the rest is unseen beautiful how deep is the meaning of this engraved inscription that you see on the world's largest gate and only someone as insightful modest and human as akbar can do it that too without hesitating akbar was a muslim and yet he did not see whose quote it was whose sentence it was he simply loved it he was the mughal emperor akbar and only akbar could do such a beautiful thing that is how in the history of india mughal emperor akbar remains one of the rarest of the rare gems it is said that akbar had nine gems highly talented ministers in his court but he himself was one precious gem of india a noble emperor modest liberal and kind akbar was an illiterate man his quest for learning was immense he learned scriptures of all major religions when the wise men of his court suggested this wonderful sentence from the bible akbar loved the sentence it is engraved on fatehpur sikri's main gate buland darwaza the city fatehpur sikri the new capital city of the indian of the then indian subcontinent became a monument a great memory of the dream of a great king a great man akbar the name itself means one who is great but the most important thing is the sentence on the main gate of the bridge of this marvelous city fatehpur sikri and the sentence says it is only a bridge remember don't make your house on it it is a place to pass on life is also a bridge you are here not forever you are simply passing through you never know when the exit is going to happen neem karoli baba one of the greatest divine masters of modern times and to whom 
Steve Jobs had come to meet this Neem Karoli Baba says you can plan for a hundred years but you don't know what will happen the next moment once an american tourist went to see a sufi master for many years he had heard about him he had fallen in deep love with his words his message finally he decided to go to see him when he entered his room he was surprised it was an utterly empty room the sufi master was sitting there was no furniture at all the american could not conceive of a living space without any furniture he immediately asked where is your furniture sir and the old sufi laughed and he said and where is yours the american said of course i am a tourist here i cannot go on carrying my furniture and the old man said so am i a tourist for only just a few days and then i will be gone just as you will be gone this world is just a pilgrimage of great significance but not a place to belong to not a place to become part of remain a lotus leaf detached that makes your journey through this bridge called life much easier and much happier life is a bridge from one birth to another you cross many bridges this is not the only bridge that you are crossing and then there is another bridge that can help you to transcend to go beyond the repetitive cycle of birth and rebirth and that bridge is the divine master his grace his blessings the master is the bridge through which you can go to the beyond the unseen the unknown the real truth it is only when the master is with you that you can truly cross the many difficult things and reach to the other side of the shore called liberation or moksha remember a master is not a word a master is a door a master is not a message but a medium a master is a link a bridge pass through the door pass through the bridge and you will come to know exactly what life is all about if you can dive deep into the master you will start feeling the presence of god but it is not a message arjuna has simply merged with the divine master lord krishna there is no need for krishna to speak and tell him the whole gita verbally that too in the midst of a war do you think that krishna communicates the gita to arjuna verbally that's not required arjuna has become one with krishna the whole gita has been understood by arjuna by just 
being in the presence of Krishna. You just have to be present, totally surrendered to the Master, and then there is no need of any verbal communication. The message continues to flow, and you simply feel the joy, the bliss, and the truth that the message brings along. Real communication happens. in silence wise souls speak loudly in silence to merge with the master first you have to die arjuna has died and a new arjuna a devoted arjuna is reborn now the i is no more in existence the i has died and only the master is in existence only krishna is in existence the disciple moving towards the master the master moving towards the disciple how to express such a divine oneness once the master holds you once you are accepted once you are found to be ready to be his disciple then the master will never leave you never neem karoli baba says you can leave me i won't leave you once i catch hold of you i don't let go how beautiful people search for a master but in reality they are not willing to surrender they want to be as they are and yet they want to follow a master one need to realize the difference between a false master and a real master a false master will always help you to dream he will never disturb your dreaming on the contrary he will give you consolations tranquilizers he will console you soothe you his teaching will be just like a beautiful lullaby he will sing around you so you can sleep well that's all but the real master is very real he cannot allow you to dream he cannot help you dreaming because then the whole purpose is lost the real master will destroy your dreams and dreams are very close to your heart unless you come out of your dreams you will not awaken and arise a real master will always ask you to die it is death because unless you die how can you be reborn the real master wants you to die first you will have to die because unless you die you cannot be reborn and this is what jesus is asking nicodemus when nicodemus went to meet jesus on a dark night jesus said nicodemus what is it that you want from me nicodemus was a great scholar of jerusalem he was very old yet he bowed before jesus and said i want to experience god to know god to know the divine truth 
and Jesus smiled and said for that you have to be reborn look at you to meet me you have chosen a dark night how are you going to face god nicodemus was a great scholar and so he came on a dark night because he was afraid what the people of jerusalem would say they all respected him as a great scholar and if they found out that he was going to seek the truth from a carpenter's son how was he going to face them his ego wouldn't allow him to visit jesus in daylight and he so he came on a dark new moon night and jesus smiled jesus was the divine master you cannot hide anything from a real master jesus smiled he could see the old man struggling with his ego and so jesus said to nicodemus you have to be reborn the first birth is physical the second is a spiritual but to experience the spiritual birth first you have to die you means your ego your ego is your mind the mind cannot exist when the ego has died the mind thrives on your ego kill the ego and the mind is no more and then suddenly your whole perspective towards life changes suddenly you are transforming and so jesus is telling nicodemus to be reborn when your dreams are destroyed truth comes into existence truth becomes revealed first the ego has to die then and only then the real journey of life begins and that is only possible when you are reborn the ego is like an iceberg melt it melt it melt it in deep love so it disappears and you become part of the ocean you like a person because he helps your ego you like a girl because she says you are the perfect man once there were two young lovers they were sitting near the sea and big waves were rolling and the boy said roll on beautiful waves roll on bigger and bigger and bigger and they become bigger and bigger and bigger and the girl said wonderful the sea obeys you you will like this person the boy is going to like this girl she is feeding helping his ego and if somebody helps your ego you are ready to help his or her ego in the bargain you like a person when everything fits it is a mutual arrangement the moment the person starts on his own or something does not fit or the person is adamant or the person has started to dominate or the person starts to possess or the person starts to hurt your ego suddenly you stop liking that person and that is what happens because that person likes you 
not because your ego is strengthened that person likes you because his or her ego is strengthened he likes you because of his own self ego and you like because your self is strengthened your purposes are different so this type of arrangement cannot go on forever and your purposes are not only different they are antagonistic because only one be the master only one can be the master and here both are trying to be the master in the beginning they will be very sweet because the territory is unknown by and by as things settle they will become more and more adamant possessive dominating more and more aggressive to the other and then you start disliking you hate a person who in any way tries to bring your superiority down you like a person who makes you superior that's why i always say don't fall for likes because like is of the mind and nature of the mind is to change relationships fail when the foundation is based on liking each other liking is of the mind loving is of the heart liking is limited to your mind the mind likes but the heart belongs to the higher rims the heart knows only love and just love when you like someone and you are planning to marry it is difficult to say if the marriage is going to last for long but if you love someone then marriage has higher dimensions a strong foundation and there is every possibility for the marriage to survive always remember love never fails lovers do you fail in love because what you had thought to be love was not love but just a liking towards each other liking comes from the mind not from the heart always remember this and the mind is never the same the mind is always changing that is the nature of the mind to change and so your liking is bound to change it simply lacks the depth that love brings the total acceptance that love brings and the higher value that love brings love is not just a sentiment more or less the sentiment of love is misunderstood as the experience of love one day you fall in love with a man or a woman and the next day it is gone and you call it love it is not love it is a sentiment you like that woman you liked remember not loved it was like just as you like ice cream it was a like once a man asked what is the difference between i like you and i love you and buddha answered beautifully buddha said when you like a flower you just pluck it but when you love a flower you water it daily 
वन हु अंडरस्टैंड दिस अंडरस्टैंड लाइफ लाइक कम्स एंड गोज लाइक्स आर मोमेंट्री दे कैनॉट स्टे लॉन्ग दे डोंट हैव एनी कैपेसिटी टू स्टे लॉन्ग यू लाइक अ वूमन यू लवड हर एंड फिनिश्ड द लाइक इज फिनिश्ड इट इज जस्ट लाइक यू लाइक्ड आइसक्रीम यू हैव इटन इट now you don't look at the ice cream at all and if somebody goes on giving you more ice cream you will say now it is impossible enough stop i cannot take any more it is not possible one day somebody had asked how do you feel when you feel how do you feel when you meet your soulmate and there is a beautiful quote to this in which they say that if you meet somebody and your heart pounds your hands shake your knees go weak that's not the one that's not your soulmate when you meet your soulmate you feel calm no anxiety no agitation like comes with a desire when you like something you want to quickly possess it love has no desire love is happy to give to nurture to provide all support so that the object of love grows you will meet many suitable mates to romance but the real romance the real love is experienced only when you meet your soulmate how to know who truly is your soulmate and as the buddhists say that whenever you will meet your soulmate you will feel calm relaxed no anxiety liking is on the surface but resonance is far deep it goes to the very center of your heart liking has no depth of understanding and resonance itself is born out of a very deep level of understanding you find your soulmate when you resonate deeply with him or her that is when you truly find love love is born out of deep understanding that is when you resonate you start vibrating with each other and then there is a song to it a dance true love is born from understanding says the buddha mind gets bored very easily and because like is limited to mind you tend to stop liking after a while relationships fail because most of the time they are formed on the basis of like and not love love is relating and relating is far more beautiful than relationship relationship is a kind of bondage relating is sharing you will relate with many people you will share your joy with many people but you will not depend on anyone 
in particular and you will not allow anybody else to depend on you you will not be dependent and you will not allow anybody to be dependent on you then you live out of freedom out of joy out of love in relationship either you have to surrender or the other has to surrender never surrender to a person surrender to love when the love between you and your partner is greater when you are not surrendering to each other but to the love that blossoms between you then there is an altogether different meaning to your relation then it is a song a poem a beautiful painting life is a bridge and when passing through this wonderful bridge don't get entangled attachment is the root of your suffering says tiputha remain detached it is only through detachment that you can truly live your life with peace it is only through detachment that you can stay away from ego detachment is the key one who has it is found to be happy the sentence that was inscribed on that bulan darwaza that sentence itself makes you aware that this life is like a bridge and so don't try to build your house on this bridge it is a place to pass on the very essence of this beautiful verse from the bible means that it is only detachment through which you can find your happiness remember the purpose of this bridge called life is to help you evolve to the next level the higher altitudes and that is only possible when you turn inwards and look within buddha says you may ask millions of questions but my answer remains the same turn inwards look within a teacher is never a giver of truth a teacher is a guide a pointer to the truth that each student must find for himself and the divine truth is found only when you surrender to your lord the divine master in totality when the journey within becomes possible only then you can progress in life and always remember without the grace of the master the journey within the journey towards the self simply cannot begin it only begins when the master showers his blessings and grace only then the journey begins and then there is no looking back the sky is clear and you are ready to fly meditate